Okay, Hebra, let's um, let's begin our discussion. We were we are dovetailing the Smichat Chaver program. They've been discussing uh, the halachot of Tfilot um, Shabbat. So I thought we would um, begin our discussion that way as well. So uh, let's try and begin uh, highlighting a few interesting points as we uh, make our way towards um, Shabbos. So we'll, we'll actually start off with making a few comments with regard to Mincha on, uh, on Erev Shabbat and show how uh, particular halachot with regard to Mincha may differ on Erev Shabbos compared to Mincha uh, during the week. So normally, uh, normally, all year long, the Shulchan Aruch recommends that, that we daven Mincha before sunset, before Shkia. However, let's say, you know, a person uh, wasn't able to, to do that. You, you, you were late, you couldn't complete davening Shmones of Mincha before Shkia, before sunset. So uh, the Ramah tells us in Shulchan Aruch, um, the Ramah Paskans there in Siman Roshlam and Gimel, that uh, we, allow, we allow a person to daven Mincha Bein um, even though it's not ideal at all, but we allow one to do that during the week. Why is this, uh, why is this leniency there? Simply because, as we've been discussing in past Shirim, the twilight zone, twilight is essentially treated as a time where there are components of both day and night. We treat it, therefore, as a Safak Yom, Safak Laila. Um, and because it's a Safak is a doubt, because it's a, a, a so-called Safak Yom, Safak Laila time. So um, we say that if we ever have a doubt um, within a rabbinic law, Safak is Fakir Rabbanan Lakula. Uh, we go, we take the lenient approach when we have a, a, a suffolk within a, a rabbinic principle. So since davening mincha is only a din dravanan, so we allow a person who missed davening mincha on a regular day to daven mincha, if he, if he missed it before shkia, before sunset, we allow a person to daven mincha in the twilight zone um, in this particular suffolk time. That's the basic understanding of, of, uh, of Mincha on a regular weekday. On Erev Shabbat, um, however, there might be room to differentiate. And Basilevichik pointed this out, um, that uh, he thinks one has to be much more sensitive to Mincha on Erev Shabbos than, uh, than, than, than during the week. Um, and uh, his, his understanding went like this. He thought that a person would not be allowed to daven uh, mincha after sunset, like you do during the week, he, would, he thought you wouldn't be able to do it on on, on erev Shabbat. What's uh, what's the issue? So um, this is how it works. The Shulchan Aruch in uh, in Siman Reish Samach Zayin Reish Samach Chet. The, the Shulchan Aruch has a din that one is not allowed to daven a Tfilat Chol, a, a weekday davening on on Shabbos. Now. Shabbos begins at nighttime, when the stars are out. That's Vada'i Shabbos. That's, that's Shabbos according to everybody. The time that precedes uh, the stars coming out, uh, we've uh, described as, as Bainash Mashot. That's a time of Safek, Safek Yom, Safek Laila. So it's Bainash Mashot is a kind of a, a Safek Shabbos. Um, so as far as the, this particular approach to this Safek time, um, 
being a doubtful time, you got to treat Bainash Mashot um, as if it was Shabbos as far as Meloch is concerned. Um, but it's still a type of Safek over here. So we, we have like a kind of a, an interesting situation. A person, a person is sitting now in the twilight. It's, it's the Safek time. We're very machmir to treat that Safek time as, as Shabbos already. But when it comes to, when, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we are then taught that we need to not just accept Shabbos out of the Safek time, but we have, uh, we, we, need a, uh, we have a special din that we need to add from Friday onto Shabbos. Uh, this special din called Tosefet Shabbat, uh, this is a din that, uh, that's in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Daftet, where there's a principle called teach Am Yisrael to be Mosif Mechol al Kodesh, add from the weekday onto Shabbos to elevate the status of Shabbos. And, um, and that's what we do. We add on from Friday to, to, to Shabbos. We, our custom, as you all well know, is candle lighting is 18 minutes uh, earlier than, than the actual sunset is. Uh, and that helps to fulfill the concept of, of adding from Friday onto Shabbos. There's a question about this din of Tosefet uh, Yontif, Shabbos, the, the, as, to, as to what the real source of this din is and, and does it apply biblically or rabbinically? Is it din Doraita, din Dravanan? So the Rambam holds that... Uh, this mitzvah of Tosefet Shabbat really only applies to Yom Kippur alone. There's no obligation for Tosefet Shabbat and neither on Shabbos nor to nor, nor Yontif. However, the Shulchan Aruch takes a position against the Rambam that there is a mitzvah of Tosefet Shabbat all year round. And the question is, um, you know, whether we think it's a din or right, like by Yom Kippur, maybe tak it's a din Rabbanan all year round. This is a this is a big discussion. But either way. We now are obligated, at least rabbinically, to add from Friday uh, on onto Shabbos. We have to be Mosif May Mecholal Hakodesh. So now, uh, how are you going to do this? At what point in time? So you know the the Shulchan Aruch tells you. Well, you know what are you going to do? You're going to take Beinash Mashot, which is already Safek Shabbos, Safek Friday, and you're going to add. You're going to you're going to use that to, as your as your addition to Shabbos. The Matri Shabbos already. So you can't use Beinash Mashot. So what, what do you need then? You need to be able to add to Shabbos from Friday proper, which means it's got to be time that, uh, that you've added on to Shabbos already from, uh, from, prior to, from prior to sunset. Before there's a Safek Yom, Safek Lala, you know, twilight zone, doubtful time. So um, if, we, if we hold like the Garden of Vilna, which is probably the most, uh, I would say, popular or accepted uh, uh, custom in, in communities, I believe. Um, and that is that Banash Mashot begins straight after sunset. So you have to add time to Shabbos pre-sunset. Pre, uh, pre and so, um, so, if, so, if that's, so if that's so, you know, you've you got to work out how to, how to do this. When, when does one really accept Shabbos upon themselves? You've got to do it earlier than sunset. So what's interesting is, is that communities going all the way back medieval times and uh, you know even even prior to that there's, there's a minag that's quoted in the, in the Goanim. we don't have it in in shas but the the minag is to say mizmo shili yom shabbat and uh, and and that becomes your official acceptance of shabbos when you say that when you say that mizmo that's uh, that's kabbalah shabbat um and so therefore 
really what you need to do, if this is the way you accept, you officially accept Shabbos upon yourself, then um, you should basically be saying, uh, you have to say it very early on. You should really be davening very early in order for, in order for, uh, for you to be able to bring in Shabbos uh, in its appropriate time, which is a little bit before sunset. So this is a, you know, the, the Rambam in his, in his response and his chuvas uh, brings down that this Mizmo uh, Shil Yom Shabbat as the official acceptance of Shabbos already in his day, um, it was a very, very old minag. So, um, you know, that's what, that's what most communities did. Others waited until, until Baruch of Mariv. Um, and it's only later on uh, in the 1500s when, uh, when uh, Kabbalat Shabbat, uh, the Chadodi Baruch Shom Akabitz and Kabbalat Shabbat Baruch Moshe Kordovero was all put together, that that's when uh, people started accepting Shabbos a little bit earlier. And when you said, uh, you know, Boi Kala, you know, that would be an official acceptance of Shabbos. So really, if this is an official acceptance of Shabbos, and we are taught that we have to honor Shabbos by adding on to Shabbos from Friday, that means that you need to get to this part of the davening already way before sunset. Otherwise, you're into this Safak Yom, Safak Laila time. And so, uh, you know, re- really, ideally, if you want to keep this, this law properly, one should... Uh, one should daven quite early on Friday. Mincha should be early enough that you could basically then uh, daven, you know, uh, ha- have time to reach through the Kabbalat Shabbat to reach Mizmoshir or at least Lechadodi before Shkia, before sunset. So if you're going to come now to do this properly and you're coming with a late Mincha, you see that we, we're going to have trouble with you because, uh, you know, to, do, to get you to get you to daven uh, mincha at that point in time. It's, uh, in the old days, they used to daven mincha very early. Um, and especially in yeshivot, they daven mincha early. And then they would wait. They would, uh, you know, they would learn until it was, you know, and say Kabbalat Shabbat before sunset. And then from sunset, uh, once I finished Kabbalat Shabbat, they would then learn or, or the Rav would give a shir, a drosha, until it was time to daven Mariv after, after tzait. That was the, that was the minaga. Uh, in Europe, you know, that's how, that's how it was. So um, this is really what should be happening. But our communities are not designed for this kind of scenario, meaning it, you have to be quite disciplined to have this uh, in your community. And, and specifically, when it comes to, you know, winter, we've got a major issue with the pressure time. It's, so, it's early here by us. Uh, not as early as Europe, uh, mind you, but it's early. And you've got to like, you know, to get to a mincha that's going to be early enough to allow you to daven Mariv to the point where you even getting to Mizmo Moshir or Lachadodi before Shkia, that, that really is uh, that really is an ask. But ideally, that's what should happen. That's what should happen. So if this if a person is going to come and and uh, you need to be engaged with Shabbos already before Shkia, how can you then how can you how can you daven mincha at that point in time? So if you're late and you're coming now towards Shkia, after Shkia, you're already in a Safak Yom, Safak Laila. You have another din that's on, on call now, which is Kabbalat, uh, which is, which is Mosif Mecholal HaKodesh. It's to add to Shabbos by accepting bits of Friday. You can't do that if you're going to daven Mincha in the Bainash Mashot. So you're in a compromised position. And so therefore, um, therefore this, uh, this is why you are in trouble. And uh, ideally, uh, on a Friday, once you try and daven mincha 
uh, you know, on time. So, so what, what, what we've tried to do, at least at JLC anyway, is to try and, uh, I've tried to sort of uh, create a scenario by where we sort of get in there by our, the skin of our teeth. So at least what we do is, Mincha is done before Shkia, before sunset, but it's done with a few minutes to spare. So uh, I try and design it that we've got like between five and 10 minutes uh, after, after Mincha is finished so that we can start Kabbalat Shabbat, at least start Kabbalat Shabbat, get into it, even if we don't reach the Chadodib by then, but get into Kabbalat Shabbat before, uh, before sunset hits. That would be at least a way of doing it um, close to, to what we should be doing. But if we really wanted to do it ideally, we'd call Mincha quite early and then have Kabbalat Shabbat basically almost finished by the time, uh, by the time sunset, sunset comes. And so, if, uh, you know, Mizmo Shiri Oma Shabbat would then, uh, you know, would then be the proper acceptance of Shabbos or the end of the Adi would do so. But it is quite a, quite a difficult exercise. And um, anyway, nevertheless, it's just important to point it out as to what, uh, as to what, our, what the ideal is. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely something to try and aim for if you can, uh, if you can deal with it, to try and get Mincha quite earlier in on Fridays, that you can get Kablat Shabbat um, done in such a way before actually the Suffolk time, the doubtful time of twilight, Suffolk Yom, Suffolk Laila, Banash Mashot kicks in. And it's almost like uh, if Shabbos is royalty and you're going to meet royalty at the airport, well, you know, if you want to really uh, honor who's coming in, you've got to be there at the airport before they arrive. And that's not, uh, it's not very good to to have the honored guest come off the plane, arrive in the arrivals lounge and having to sit around waiting for you to eventually show up to take him home. The, the cupboard would be to be there before, uh, before, before they actually arrive outside. They, they met with somebody. So if Shabbos is already in and you're trying to get Kabbalah Shabbat going, it's almost like a kind of, a, it's not really achieving uh, at least this particular aspect, this, this aspect of, 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 uh, you know, of, of Shabbos. It's not, uh, the the cupboard somehow uh, the co- the cupboard is, is 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 missing, so um, that's that's what we need to try and uh, accomplish if we uh, if we if we want to get kablat shabbat properly done. The ideal thing would be to get mincha obviously before shkia earlier than usual, so have enough time to get kablat shabbat done, um, and then uh, have kablat shabbat accepted before sunset. So that's uh, that's the the point that I wanted to to mention. If uh, if, if one sees that Mincha is running close to Shkia and you, you are in Shul and you, 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 you are lucky to have a minion, but it's, it's coming quite close to, 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 uh, to Shkia time, you've done, let's say you've done the silence one yesterday, now you're going to wait for the Chazan to do Chazrat Hashat, and it's quite likely that the Chazan is going to now go into, into Shkia. So if you notice on your watch, if you see, okay, the Chazan is going to take, what, what, three to five minutes five minutes to say Kabbalah, to say Chazrat Hashatz, and it's already getting quite close to Shkia. So the recommendation is, if you as an individual or da- who finished having your Mincha, silence from Esrei, and now there's a few minutes before Shkia, um, be Shabbos upon yourself at that point in time. And, uh, you know, that way you'll have, uh, you know, proper Kabbalah Shabbat before sunset, uh, the proper Tosefet, uh, Tosefet Shabbat there. So if you've got a few minutes, it's a good idea to do it. There's an interesting question of whether you have to uh, 
verbally accept Shabbos or you can just think it in your mind. Um, but uh, the Mishnah Bura doesn't say in black and white, but he seems to imply that one should uh, accept Shabbos uh, verbally by saying it. Uh, almost like a, a, a neder. The Taz thinks that there's a kind of a neder here that you take upon yourself Shabbos early. Okay, so just a few comments about Mincha on Erev, on Erev Shabbos and uh, the ideal time for Kabbalah Shabbat. Of course, in the summer, in the summer we have the opposite problem. In the summer, in order for it to, in order for Kabbalah Shabbat to be uh, felt, seen as uh, as the royal, the red carpet treatment for Shabbos, uh, it's got to be done late enough that uh, Shabbos, in theory, can be accepted. And so he has a, another major, major, major challenge, and that is that um, you know most most poskim recommend strongly that Kabbalah Shabbat can only be said after Plaga Mincha. So you got to work out when Plaga Mincha is. On our uh, on our bulletin, we always write there, you know, Plaga Mincha, earliest earliest uh, candle lighting. It's that it's that time. It's a one and a half halachic, one and a quarter halachic hours um, before. Uh, before um, Shkia. And so, uh, you know, in the height of summer, when it comes to us, you know, uh, December, January, February, we already start getting into trouble, especially the more established uh, Kehilot, because they want to have a fixed time for davening Kabbalah Shabbat. Everyone's coming home from work and, and they've got to answer to that call. But really, you have many, you have many, many Kehilas who are davening Kabbalah Shabbat way before Plaga Mincha. It's too early to light candles. It's too early, really, according to most, ideally to Davan Kabrat Shabbat. Um, so you have to, again, not to put yourself in a compromised position, watch the clock and try and work out a way to uh, to satisfy all the all the Hebra that are coming in there. But at the same time, be sensitive to this particular this particular halacha as well. So uh, on both ends of the calendar, or the, you know, we have to be cognizant of... Uh, of, of trying to get Kabbalah Shabbat in winter in before sunset. Kabbalah Shabbat should be done ideally before sunset, or at least started before sunset. And uh, on the other side, in summertime, we need to watch the clock that we don't start Kabbalah Shabbat too early. Okay, so that's, uh, that's um, by way of introduction. Now, Kabbalah Shabbat, interestingly enough, the practice in most kilot um, is to have the chazan, Davin Kabbalah Shabbat, uh, not from the, not from the amud, not uh, from the front of the shul, where most uh, tefillot are daven from, but rather at the bima in the middle of the shul. Ideally, the shul should be set up in in that kind of a scenario where you have, uh, you know, the amud right in front, and then you have the bima for for the for laning. Um, when you have a compromised position, there's not enough space. The design of the shul isn't great. Uh, look, there are leniencies to work with. Like we have a, a JLC too. We have a, you know, even though we, we try and separate it out, we have the Bima and then we have the Shtenda, which is uh, the Amud, even though the location is, is right next to each other. But the idea is to have a specific place called the Amud to, uh, to do that. To have uh, the Bima up front in Shul, uh, you know, where everybody's behind the Bima, uh, that became a, a real contro- a controversial scenario because. Uh, many churches had the Mizbayach, so to speak. They had the altar in front, and uh, there was a there was an accepted there was a, there was a decree against uh, looking like a church. So you should not have the bima in in front. In our in our case, in our scenario, 
we sort of um, we put the bima in the middle, like we have the women's section and the men's section, and even though there are men behind us in the in the foot of the T, but it's really in the middle of the shul. But it shouldn't go too far forward, uh, you know, to the to the Aram Kodesh. We try and work with that. But uh, in fact, originally when our when we first moved into our our building, I actually on purpose had a row of chairs uh, in front of the bima to facilitate this uh, particular aloha, but it uh, became a bit uh, impractical and uh, in the end we just work with what we have, but we still separate, uh, separate out the amud and, uh, and the bima, and that's how, that's how it should be done. So the minag is for normally the chazan for all the other tefillot, he davens from the amud, and, uh, and for kablat shabbat the minag was to daven from, uh, from the bima. So the question is, you know, why, why was this minag, or what what motivated this minag? So there's a simple uh, explanation for this. And it was basically to demonstrate that Kabbalat Shabbat should not be seen as part and parcel of Shachrit Mincha or Marif. It's its own specific custom, a much later custom than all the other uh, rabbinic dinim that we have with regard to Tfilot. And in order not to confuse it. So in other words, uh, we, have, we, have a, we have a din, we have a din, um, but you know, based on the Gemara that tells us that uh, we we should praise Hashem before we ask for our needs, and that's how Shmona Esra is structured. That the first three brachot praise Hashem, and then the petition uh, follows. Um, an expansion of that idea is to have words of praise from Sefer Tehillim, you know, embedded into the Tefillah before we actually start to daven. So Shachrit is uh, our longest tefillah, and uh, and the Psukah de Zimra, those sets of Tehillim that we say before we get to Baruch Hu, that acts as the kind of praise to Kosh Baruch Hu on a grand scale um, before we before we petition Hashem. So this kind of a Psukah de Zimra exists when it comes to Shachrit. When it comes to Mincha, we have Ashrei in, in, in front of in front of Mincha. Uh, Mincha, uh, you know, is, is the shortest of all our davenings. Um, and Mariv, uh, you know, was always a voluntary, uh, voluntary uh, prayer, but we basically have the, the, you know, the brachot preceding and post Shema as a kind of, uh, as a kind of praising of Akash Baruch before we dive in this one yesterday. So we shouldn't confuse and think that Kabbalat Shabbat is that is the Psukah de Zimra of Mariv on Shabbos. It shouldn't be seen as 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 part and parcel of Mariv. It's its own custom. It took quite a while for Kabbalat Shabbat to become accepted, actually. But um, for a long time, you know, there was a good 100 and 150 years where even after the custom was promoted by uh, the, the great person who invented it, Ramosha Cordovero, uh, the Ramak is his acronym. Ramosha Cordovero was one of those great Kabbalists in Tzvat. Um, he and his brother-in-law changed, uh, changed Friday night forever. You know, Rav Moshe Kordovero came up with the Kabbalat Shabbat idea uh, of saying the Tehillim before Lachadodi, and uh, his brother-in-law of Alkabitz, he composed the Lachadodi that we sing. And what would Kabbalat Shabbat be without, uh, you know, what would Ma'ariv or what would Friday night be without Kabbalat Shabbat and Lachadodi? It's like, you know, empty. But anyway, it wasn't always like that. Uh, the Gemara, the Gemara tells us that they took the initiative and expanded it into an actual formal prayer. Based on uh, a Gemara in Shabbos, we learned uh, a, a number of weeks ago in the Dafyomi Kufyutet. There, the Gemara spoke about how uh, great people in the times of the Mishnah and the Gemara would 
would get ready, dressed up for Shabbos early, and uh, they would then, you know, in the finery, go out to the fields and watch the sunset and, and be in this very meditative state and mood, um, you know, watching and welcoming in, in, in royalty. Uh, that's where it sort of came from. And in fact, the words of Boi Kala, uh, Shabbat Malkata, etc., comes from, from what the various uh, uh, great Rabbonim in those days used to say. But it took a long time until there was a, a, formal, a, formal, a formal tefillah. This formal tefillah, uh, in, in other words, needs, it needs to be understood as it as not being part of Mariv, stands on its own. And therefore, the minag was to separate it out and, uh, and make you daven it from a different place a different place in the shul. So even by us, where it's like literally, what difference does it make if you move, uh, you know, half a meter to the right, you know what I mean, in JLC. But in shuls, where you have the Amud right in front and the Bima in the middle, there, there's a much bigger statement. By us, it's just, there's still a statement, but uh, you can hardly, uh, you know, you can hardly see it really because we're so, we're so close together. But um, this Kabbalat Shabbat, the concept of Kabbalat Shabbat, um, as I mentioned now, the, the, the initiative was uh, very, very early on in the days of the, the Mishnah and Gomorrah. But it's, 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 based, it's based on, a, uh, on an understanding of, uh, of a piece in the Navi Yeshaya. The, the prophet Yeshayahu in, uh, in Perak Nunchet, there the, the, the Navi tells us as follows, that in addition to uh, the laws um, coming out of... Uh, of Torah Shabbat, the oral tradition, the Chumash, etc., with regard to Shabbos, um, there there are another two concepts that the Navi, um, you know, motivates us to keep with regard to Shabbos, and uh, he talks about it in these two terms. They're quite well known to us. the The one, first term is Shabbos needs to be honoured. There are actions, activities, behaviour patterns which fulfil this uh, recognition of Shabbos's elevated status. We we honor Shabbos, we mechabed Shabbos. So it's kibud, is honor of Shabbos. And oneg is enjoying the pleasure of Shabbos. Kibud and oneg are two concepts that we find in the Navi being motivated you know, in addition to all the other the laws of Shabbat that we, uh, that we are taught. Now, what's the difference between, what's the difference between uh, kibud Shabbat and oneg Shabbat? So... Uh, the, the, the ground, Shulchan Aruch, the ground of Vilna points out that, that, that uh, as follows. Um, oneg, like pleasure, oneg is what is the pleasure you get uh, from what one enjoys on Shabbos proper. Um, that would be, some, you know, a person gets, uh, you know, a person has uh, a beautiful meal on Shabbos. That's, a, that's oneg Shabbos. Uh, Kibbut Shabbos, um, is what we do before Shabbos comes in, in honor of Shabbos. So uh, the, the, the Gemara describes how one should, uh, you know, you engage in the, in the cooking of food for Shabbos. You engage in tidying up the house, that the house looks absolutely uh, uh, its best. Everything's put away so that there's a, you know, good, smooth, free-flowing movement, tidy, um, you know, people get dressed into their finer clothes, uh, all the beds are made, um, people shower, all of this, which we take for granted, really, as uh, as as powerful course today, um, really in those days was an, a, a, a much more um, motivated, intentional act of elevating the status of the status of Shabbos. So um, all of this is what we uh, what we call kibbutz Shabbos. 
So you know the Rambam, the Rambam seems to hold like this, uh, this, 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 uh, this definition of the gown of gown of Vilna, because the Rambam quotes the Gemara, the Gemara that we're talking about in Shabbos, Daf The Rambam quotes the Gemara also in Baba Kama, uh, that uh, that this is what the Chachamim would do, and um, he, uh, he he's 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 quite uh, in other words, he's, 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 he recommends strongly what a person should do on. On, on Erev Shabbos, and um, this is the kind of, uh, you know, all these activities that we do uh, as part of, I guess, our, our run-of-the-mill minhagim is all really to make sure that Shabbos comes in um, in, this, in this elevated way, the cover, the cover of Shabbos. Now, it's interesting that um, there's certain halachot which, which have a bit of both. One could argue as well that, uh, you know, um, lighting candles you obviously do that before Shabbos comes in, but at the same time as that, that that's, that's kibud or kavod Shabbos, but it's also oneg. You get enjoyment out of the candles, especially in the old days where the candles were the source of light. So you can have you can have activities that are both kavod and and oneg and oneg Shabbos. And so, yeah, it's interesting that the chachom in the the, the the tanaim who are going out to the fields. Uh, we're going out to the fields and welcoming Shabbos by going out there. When are they going out? They're going out before sunset. They're watching the royalties come in as, as the sun sets. So the concept of going out to greet Shabbos, uh, that red carpet treatment for Shabbos, that is an activity of, of, of Kavod Shabbos. It's an, uh, an act of kibbutz. And so therefore the whole concept of Kabbalah Shabbat, the, the formal tefillah that we have in, is really motivated by this din this component that one needs to in, infuse Shabbos with uh, two additional components. One is kibbutz, one is oneg, and the kibbutz Shabbos is fulfilled by the concept of Kabbalah Shabbat. That's the red carpet welcome uh, for the royalty of, uh, of Shabbos. So this is where really the, the idea is based on, and it was the genius of Rav Moshe Cordovera, this Kabbalist, in Tzvat, in the 1500s, to formalize it and to actually... Um, to actually be, you know, give it, give us a, a, a much more practical and easy way to do it. We should feel that our, uh, we should feel that our um, tefillah is really welcoming in Shabbos. And uh, based on what I've said, yeah, it's also sharpens what I said before. How important it is to do it in such a way. It's before Shabbos. It's an act of kibbutz Shabbos. Don't uh, don't wait until after Shkir, ideally, if you can, you know, in order in order to do it. So this is, uh, you know, this was a. Uh, an, an extension of the idea, an expansion of the idea of, of kibud of kibud for Shabbos. It's interesting that even before before Kabbalah Shabbat became popular, the way that the the the, the, the great people of Israel would welcome in Shabbos is to is to learn is to learn Torah, is to learn the halachot of Shabbos, is to review the, the laws of Shabbos as an act of of, of you know bringing in Shabbos upon you by learning what you're allowed to do, what you aren't allowed to do. So even before the tefillah was concerned, some people would go out to the fields. Others would then stay in the base of Medrash and learn Hilchot Shabbat as an act of of of, uh, of kibbutz of honor for honor for Shabbos. And and possibly what they would what they would learn is Bamemadlikin. What we say at the what we say in the middle uh, or at the end of Kablat Shabbat or some people have the minag at the end of Mariv. That quite possibly uh, originally existed at the at the beginning of, of, of before Shabbos even to learn Hilchot Shabbat is, um, is another another mechanism of 
of fulfilling the, of this fulfilling this component uh, of Yeshaya Navi of of Kibud of Kibud Shabbos. So um, yeah, so this is uh, this is an understanding of how these tefillot came to be um, and, and what really you know motivates all these all these minagim. Now, just a, a last point before we uh, actually move on to Kabbalat Shabbat, but we have uh, there are differences of uh, of minag here. As to as to the nature of Kabbalah, but I think still today, and if I'm not mistaken, based on the, some of the sources that I've been reading, um, it is interesting that, as I said before, Kabbalah Shabbat, the actual formal Kabbalah, the the, the tefillah, the, the chunaranana, etc., took a while to be accepted, um, and it became more accepted among Ashkenazim than among Sfardim, and even today, I think there are certain communities who don't have what we have. They don't do the Kabbalah Shabbat that we do. They have one or two tehillim. That 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 they do, but not the whole the whole set that that we have. Um, but I would say, by and large, uh, you know, Kabbalat Shabbat with the Chadodi has uh, has really taken uh, you know taken the world and uh, the Jewish world um, by storm and uh, been accepted in in most places. Well, what's interesting is is that um, to say to, having Kabbalat Shabbat act as as the welcome for Yontif. Uh, uh, when when Shabbos falls on Yontif, you know we don't have a Kabbalat Shabbat, and Yontif itself, we don't have a Kabbalat Yontif. Somehow there was. We need to understand why that wasn't uh, why that wasn't motivated. So there are uh, explanations I've seen, which uh, which advance the following. Shabbos we know is really imposed upon us by Hashem, uh, not in a negative way, but but basically. Hashem is Makadei Shabbos. Hashem sanctifies Shabbos, and Hashem is the one who who puts it upon us. You know, Shabbos is every se- you know on the seventh day of the week. That, that's it. We don't really have what to do with initiating the actual origin of the sanctity of Shabbos. Hashem imposes it, and we accept it. When it comes Yontev, as is well known, Yontev really uh, there's much more human initiative by us because we appoint a based in and the based in then uh create a calendar and the calendar determines when rosh Chodesh is either in the old days based on witnesses uh, as you know or on uh, you know on, on what we have today a fixed calendar but but nevertheless the concept of, of yontif exists by definition based on when rosh Chodesh is and rosh Chodesh uh, by definition exists when uh, when our calendar when our Rabbinic calculations uh, kick in, so so we initiate we initiate Yontif. So either 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 the concept of Rosh Chodesh by recognizing and saying Halal on Rosh Chodesh, or even a kind of Rosh Rosh Chodesh benching by announcing the Molad, someone to say that that's already the Kabbalat Yontif. In other words, the Kabbalat Shabbat equivalent of Yontif is is that uh, Rosh Chodesh benching, because once you know when Rosh Chodesh of any particular month is. Ipsa facto, you know exactly when the Yontif is. So you don't have to have the formal act is there, but it's just, it's a little bit detached. So, um, you know, this is what some say as to why we don't, uh, we don't have it for Yontif. Um, or, or we do have it for Yontif, but just it's in a, in a different space. When Shabbos falls on Yontif, in order not to embarrass Yontif, so to speak, that Shabbos has and Yontif doesn't, so the Minak became to uh, not to do Kabbalat Shabbat on uh, on Shabbos, at least amongst Ashkenazim. Uh, others are the Minak to have to just say um, two stanzas from the from the, the top of Lachadodi 
and another two stanzas at the end, and then go into, into Mizmo Shir. Um, and, and others actually, some even want to, uh, want to say, to say the whole thing. Uh, I, I have to check this out, but I just, um, I saw it in one of my uh, Sidurim, which is an interesting point, but uh, apparently the Balatanya, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, thought that you should say uh, Kablat Shabbat in when, when Shabbos falls out, when, uh, even though Shabbos falls out on Yontif. But the Minag of Chabad is that, and it's, it's, it's interesting to, to work out why that is so, and who changed it. It's, you know, Chabad are incredibly blessed that they have all their Rebbe's, and most of, their, most of them in Hagim are consistent all the way through. Every now and then you find a, an interesting shift over here, where, you know, the Balatanya would go one way, and, and the practical Minag is another way. It happens once other, one other time in the in Kablat Shabbat as well, when we get to Bishamru, but I'll, I'll, we'll make mention of that when we, when we arrive there. But, um, okay, so that's basically uh, a few comments there on, uh, on the nature of Kablat Shabbat, what motivates Kablat Shabbat, uh, how, how it's an expansion of the concept of Kibud, Kibud of Shabbos, um, and that's what we, uh, we have the privilege of, of davening it. So now, Rav Moshe Kodavera, let's try and probe a little bit as to uh, what he had in mind when he came up with this concept of Kabbalah about the way we know it. So, uh, uh, Ramosha Kodavera essentially um, recommends, he doesn't make up any words himself, he just recommends, let's say, he says, let's recite six Tehillim um, from uh, Tehillim Tzadiyeh, from 95. So, we, we normally go Tzadiyeh, Tzadivav, Tzadizayn, Tzadichet, Tzaditet. And then uh, we switch into the sixth one is, uh, you know, is Tehillim Chavtet. Um, so the question we're going to ask now is, and this is what Ramosha Kodavera was driving at. He, um, he chooses six particular um, Pirkei Tehillim to, to usher in Shabbos. Uh, and we have to ask, why the number six? And why were these particular Tehillim out of all 150 chosen? And... Uh, you know, is there some allusion to Shabbos in these particular Tehillim that, uh, that became the basis of his, uh, of, his, of his understanding? So, first and foremost, um, we need to appreciate that there are six Tehillim. Uh, um, often, unless you read the commentary in the Sidurim or someone points it out, you don't realize that there's six Tehillim there. And those six Tehillim uh, represent the six days of the week, which... Uh, which ultimately should all uh, come together with all their, with all our ambition, uh, you know, that's invested in there to, to achieve success and do good in the world. It should all be for a spiritual purpose, which, which Shabbos represents. So just before we accept Shabbos, you know, we basically try and uh, reinforce in our minds that all of our invested koyach throughout the week, you know, really should culminate in what Shabbos stands for. So as a Kabbalat Shabbat, we offer up, uh, the labor of our week um, in, in, in offering, so to speak, that the Shabbos defines its, uh, its purpose. Uh, now, what's interesting is, is having a look at, uh, at these particular uh, chapters of Tehillim, and you'll see as follows. We're going to look at, we're going to understand that these six Tehillim represent each day of the week. And so the exercise is to try and look at each uh, chapter that we read through and say, okay, you know, there's got to be a pasuk in there somewhere that represents Sunday. So, you know, what happened on Sunday? Something happens, the, you know, Akush Baruch who starts the creation of the world. We need to try and 
look at it and see if there's anything there. Most of the time, there's a really big challenge because you don't really see exactly what's there. But um, if, for example, you try and do the following exercise, you take the Shir Shel Yom each day in the week, Sunday through Friday has, uh, in fact, Shabbos as well, has its own Shir Shel Yom. So Sunday would be Lashem Aretzum Loa. And, you know, the whole world belongs to Akosh Baruch because he created it. So since the Shir Shel Yom on Sunday is Lashem Aretzum Loa, so we need to find a matching Pasuk in the, in the Lechun Ranana, you know, Perek Tzadi Hay. Well, I should have actually photocopied it and put it on the screen so you could try and have a look at it. But uh, reading through the Lechun Ranana, Perek Tilim Tzadi Hay, you'll find the, the phrase, Asher I am Vuhu Asau, you know, who created the sea and dry land. Uh, he fashioned it all. This is a kind of a parallel to the Shur Shalom that we say on Sunday, Lashem Aret and so this is really the, the exercise that we need to do. I should give you uh, a bit of homework that next time we meet, uh, you've gone to have a look and see, um, and, see, and see what's what, see if you can identify any other psukim uh, in that, in those, uh, the, the, these tehillim that, that introduce Shabbos. So you'd have to now go and look. When you go to the, when you go to Monday's, Monday's Shur Shalom, go and have a look at Monday's Shur Shalom, and then try and see, can I find a Pasuk in Monday Shushal Yom, which then corresponds to um, the second Tehillah, the second uh, chapter of Tehillim, Tzadivav, um, and see if you can find something there. But that's the exercise that maybe I'll just leave you with for fun, uh, to just, um, for you to go and see if you can find it. But basically, I think it's, it's, it's highlighting what I've understood by reading the commentaries, yeah, what Moshe Cordovero wanted, and that is that he wanted to, 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 um, to impress upon us that all of, our, all of our achievements during the week need to always be honed in toward a spiritual goal, which, uh, which Shabbos represents. And so, uh, and therefore, as an introduction to Kabbalat Shabbat, this was a good idea that, uh, that you know, this is the idea that he had. And that's why in his Kabbalat Shabbat, he, he, uh, he said, let's say these six to him. We then got to find out, you know, the parallels, the while each day of creation, there's a separate idea that each day of creation, it's also quoted in his, in his name, is represented by one of these, uh, one of these Tehillim, and uh, it should correspond to a theme inside uh, the regular, the regular Shushriyom. I've seen, uh, I've seen also mentioned by the Korban Netanel, the author of the Korban Netanel, who writes that, uh, that, that the, the word, which means to, to brow down or to prostrate oneself in front of a, a Hashem, um, that the word that we, you know, I guess, uh, you know, bow in submission to Akosh Baruch Hu is mentioned uh, six or seven times. In, and in each one of these Tehillim, there's a kind of Ishtachavaya. So, you know, in the Lechun Ranana, and, uh, you know, in, in the in Tzadivav, Ishtach Hashem Bahadrat Kodesh. You'll see the word Ishtach Havaya is mentioned uh, all the way through, um, through, this, through these Tehillim. So it's another, another aspect that somebody else uh, has pointed out in, in a kind of a parallel all, way, all the way leading into, uh, you know, into, into, uh, into Shabbos. The theme that I, that I, was, uh, that I found uh, a number of years ago in the writings of the Malbim um, 
was 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 very special. The Malbim had an essay on uh, on understanding and appreciating the text of Kiddush. Um, but in his, you know, as he was describing it, we need to appreciate the following: that, as you well know, Shabbos, uh, the keeping of Shabbos is uh, is mentioned in the Aser that he brought, uh, once in Parshat Yitro in Shmot, and the other one in Sefer Dvarim, Parshat Baruchanan, and. Um, it's interesting that 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 even though Shabbos is repeated, but a whole different nuance and vibe is communicated about Shabbos in Sefer Devarim. In Sefer Shmot, it's Zachorik Yom Shabbat LeKadosh. You got to remember that uh, that you know, uh, remember or mention something about Shabbos to sanctify it. What's the whole purpose? You know, because in the end of the day, we recognize by keeping Shabbos that Hashem is the Creator of the universe. You know that's uh, that's the idea. So that's the first theme, major theme of Shabbos is uh, Hashem as Creator. In Sefer Devarim, we uh, we have a very different focus, and that is, you know, there in the in the in the Ten Commandments that's written there. I said that he Remember that you were slaves in Mitzrayim, but Hashem Misham because Baruch took you out of there. So there, it's interesting that. This concept of Akash Baruch taking us out of Egypt is the focus of, uh, you know, of of the of the textual command to keep Shabbos in uh, in Sefer Devarim. So when we look at these two themes, what do we see? We see that there's the theme of of creation, uh, and to, to allude that Akash, to allude in Atfilot, Akash Baruch is the master and the creator of everything, and then Akash Baruch is the redeemer of Am Yisrael. Yeah, Hashem took us out of Egypt, and uh, just as He took us out of Egypt and redeemed us from Egypt, He will redeem us from all, all uh, you know, all, all threats until eventually we arrive at the final redemption, when it's a kind of uh, you know a future Shabbos, a, a spiritual existence, uh, you know, of the highest order. And so, quite possibly, these two particular themes should be identified, you know, when one. When one looks at at the uh, at the Tehillim within uh, within Kabbalat Shabbat, so that's another exercise which we which we are encouraged to do is to go and have a look at at, at the themes of uh, the various psukim that you find, you know, with, uh, with within the Kabbalat Shabbat. So what we've just pointed out to you, based on the comments of Ramosha Cordovero, he could have had this in mind too, that that you know the first point, the first component that needs to be appreciated when when we are about to welcome Shabbos. Is that Akash Baruch was the creator of the universe. He created the world in six days. He put human beings on you to achieve in those six days. There's a mitzvah to work on those six days. But it all needs to be with a focus on uh, on, on spirituality to recognize that Akash Baruch was the creator. That's uh, that's the first point. And so we do that, and that, that theme should run through the the the, 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 the Tehillim that make up um, a Kabbalat Shabbat. At the same time, there are going to be psukim all the time that referred to the concept of redemption, you know. So, like, you know, in Luchun Ranana, we say, when, when we, Am Israel were led through the desert, Akash Baruch took us there, when redemption going to come, Hayom in today, Hayom, Mashiach will come, only if we would listen and behave appropriately. And in the second Tilim, uh, a new song, we always talk about in the Haggadah, represents Mashiach, redemption. Hashem alach tagay laaretz, mizmor shir Hashem shir chadash again, Hashem alach yigazu amim. These are all the different uh, statements that, uh, that that are found in each one of the tehillim, uh, the, the six tehillim that make up Kabbalat Shabbat. 
So basically, if we put it all together, we're, gonna, we're saying that the underlying philosophy with, behind Kabbalah Shabbat are these two themes, these two veins run through the body of Kabbalah Shabbat. The, the recognition of Hapush Baruch Hu as the creator, that he's put us here, that we work, and we always, but we do it with, you know, you know, to achieve spiritual aims. And the second thing is that we, uh, we, uh, we buy into the theme of Akush Baruch's redemption and, uh, and, and the, redeem of, or the, the redemption of Klal Yisrael uh, if, we, um, if we would only but, uh, but play our part and, uh, and behave appropriately. Just in conclusion, uh, I once saw a, uh, a quite a fascinating gematria. Um, I picked up a, a cipher by Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld uh, that art scroll actually published. Somebody actually gave it to me as a present. And um, there's some, you know, there's some fascinating gematrias. I mean, a lot of people are good at gematrias, but he's got like a flair, a flair for gematria. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how, he, how he's able to sort of see this. Anyway, uh, he writes as follows. He says that um, he's, got, he's got an incredible observation over here. He says he's counted up all the words that make up um, Kabbalah Shabbat. Um, no, what did he know? No, he did not, not Kabbalah Shabbat. Um, yeah, he, he counts up all the words in Kabbalah Shabbat, the six Tehillim. Then he adds Tehillim, Tzadi Beis and Tzadi Gimel. You know, Mizmor Shir, Leoma Shabbat, and Hashem Malach. And he comes up with a calculation that there are 702 words uh, in, uh, in these combination of Tehillim that we say as our, uh, let's call it Kabbalah Shabbat service today. 702 is the same gematria as Shabbos. That's a fascinating kind of observation. You really got to be, uh, you really know your, your Tehillim backwards to count up these words other than doing the exercise. So, so uh, this is what we basically have over here, that um, we've got these themes. We understand more or less now what motivated it, the mitzvah, uh, the rabbinic mitzvah of kibbud. Um, kibbud Shabbos is found in the Navi. Uh, that really is expanded uh, to, to become what we know as Kabbalah Shabbat. Uh, it's done specifically, if it's kibbud, it has to be done before Shabbos comes in. As we mentioned before, ideally before sunset, but at least started before sunset. So the process of kibbutz has begun before uh, before Ben uh, Hashmashot, and uh, and then we are challenged now to go and actually pay attention to 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 Kabbalah Shabbat. So next time you uh, in shul and you want something to do during uh, my brilliant Russia, that's what you that's what you got to do. You got to go now and take the siddur and. Um, and uh, and do yourself a favor. See what you can identify, um, you know, between each day and one of the tehillim in uh, in Kabbalah Shabbat to see that theme of a Baruch Hu in the Bria, in the creation coming alive, and the same thing with all those psukim that I mentioned to you, which represent uh, Geula, you know, redemption. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's the that's the basic build up of of Kabbalah Shabbat that I can. Uh, I can offer you. Um, I'm, I'm debating whether to go and spend time in each one of the actual Tehillim, uh, you know, to uncover certain ideas that are there, just like I've asked you to do for homework. But because um, I want to try, I'm not sure how long the Kolel will sit on this particular topic for, and maybe there's what to to go further. Um, 
So I might, I'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him about Klan again and see if we can go into some of the Kabbalah Shabbat ideas or we should, uh, we'll go maybe straight to L'Chadodi and the background to L'Chadodi and some of the themes that are there. Uh, either way, next week we'll, uh, we'll, pick up, we'll pick up where we left off here to try and uh, get dip, deeper into the themes of, of uh, Kabbalah Shabbat and more specifically uh, L'Chadodi. Okay, so I'll leave it here and um, for listening in and we will uh, we'll pick up again next week. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, Professor, time for a quick question. Yeah, sure. So how come on the Erev Shabbos, if you're running late with Mincha, if we're running late with Mincha, why does doing a Chazarata Shatz trump, um, you know, Tosefet Shabbos and starting, um, and starting Kabbalah Shabbat before, before Shkia? Why wouldn't we just do a Heichal Kedusha and then? No, I think uh, you would. I think, uh, you know, I'm just trying to say, if you're caught and you, and you think you have time and you start it and you don't have time, but uh, yeah, I think ideally. But the tibur, why would the tibur, you know, go through a whole chazarat shatz if if, um, if it's going to be shkia and it's going to lead into shkia rather than as the tibur bringing in shabbos early with the tosef shabbos? Well, look, if you, uh, I mean, it is a good question as to if you were mamish put on the spot and you had to choose between, uh, you know, tosef shabbos and and all and all of those themes versus. Uh, it would be a good question to know, you know, what would motivate um, choosing one over the other. Um, some might, some might, you know, just say, look, that's the, that's the minag. Don't change the minag, and uh, you, you're already now obligated in chazor sashats, so you're obligated in what's there. And uh, if you're if you're going to make a compromise, make a compromise on uh, on uh, an, another din drabanan, if you will. Um, where most people can be Mechabal Shabbos on, them, on their own, even though they're listening to the Chazan. The Chazan might have the problem, but other people can have in mind to be Mechabal Shabbos. At the same time, it also could be that since uh, we might be, and, and if, if Tosef Shabbos is a, is a, um, a Dindra Banan, so you'd have a whole bunch of Dindra Banans coming together and we could be making all of them. So maybe there's some sort of logic along those lines. But uh, okay. you know, if I if I if I knew in advance that we we're running out of time, so we do a hecha kedusha and uh, and and finish mincha mamish in time for for kabbalat shabbat to get going before shkia. There also there are those that that that, that aren't as uh, pedantic and muckbit about what I've just said to you. There are those. I remember um, I didn't see it in writing. I was just speaking to people about it. We were discussing the shaila. I think uh, Rabbi Gorori once came to Daven by us, um, you know, JLC, and we had a, and we had, you know, and I was and I was pushing to get Kabbalat Shabbat done, and he he came to my office to tell me that they don't have, they don't have that minak. As long as you do, as as you know, as, as long as it's, uh, as long as it's before Tzait, I think it is. Maybe even after Tzait, they were okay with Kabbalat Shabbat. Um, but uh, so some people maybe aren't that makbid on it, but. Um, Shlomo Kalabach was definitely not makbid on doing Kabbalah Shabbat before Tzait. You know, so he, uh, he on the kibbutz, um, we, had, we went there for one Shabbos, man, it was like 9.30 at night. They're starting Kabbalah Shabbat, and it was crazy. But uh, mm. nevertheless, yeah, I think uh, 
it's definitely an Indian that, 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 that we find quite difficult to, to do on a regular basis. Okay. The other question that I had, when you were talking about davening Kablachabat from the Bima and the rest from the Amud, I seem to recall we do the same thing for Naila. Is that right? We, no. I, don't, I, I, yeah, I mean, we normally daven Naila only because, um, it's only really because from the Bima, it's like, uh, you know, it's sort of in the center and people, um, and, 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 and you need your voice to, to, uh, to be heard better from the middle than from the, than from thing. But I don't know if that's a din or a minag. Okay. No, I think, uh, I think we just started it because my voice is too soft. Um, and there wasn't enough space. There was, there was a person opening the Aron Kodesh and uh, our Amud was so, so close anyway. But um, yeah. Okay. Good. We, had, we, also, we had two people standing on each side, plus the one who's opening up the Aron Kodesh. It became a bit of a balagan. And the stender went to the Aron Kodesh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think probably we should. I mean, I don't think there's any reason because the, it's exactly what you're trying to do is the opposite. You're trying to say that, that the, all that five tefillot that we normally daven, Shachish bin Chamariv, Musaf and Hila are all tefillot which should be daven from the Amud, really. And, um, and uh, Kabbalah is different. I also forgot to mention that among, uh, among, among the Yekisha Kehillahs, they uh, say Kabbalah Shabbat responsibly to, uh, to, to create that distinction as well. Every pasuk is responsive. So, uh, you know, you see in the Sidurim how it's, uh, how it's printed like that. It's quite an exercise. And the Tzibur's got to go and cut off an That's Every single Tzibur's got to go through. And there's a Nigun there that's, that's used. So try and see if we can find a Nigun online to see what, the, see what it sounds like. I, I, I mean, I know more or less. I've been there. I've been, I've been there, but... But not often. Eh? Once a couple of times in my life, I was, I was with them. All right. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Rob. Okay. Zagas and be well, eh? Cheers.